Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market like I am every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Uh, Andrew Duncan with the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty. Excited to uh, to give you all the tips and tactics to help you buy or sell a home in 2023 and give you updates on what is going on in the Tampa Bay real estate market. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. We are at the Duncan Duo. Would love to uh, have you following us on social. We'll make sure to put out relevant real estate information so that you can stay up to date on what is going on. We also always have some cool giveaways, uh, and you can uh, follow us on social and catch some of those. We've recently given away some signed lightning stuff. We've done a, a ticket giveaway for a game. So if you're following us on social, uh, you have a chance to get some free swag. So I want to talk about my predictions for the Tampa Bay real estate market in 2024. Um, and, and I want you guys to understand that when I talk about the predictions for Tampa Bay real estate, I'm literally just talking about Tampa Bay. Okay. So I'm not talking about the nation. I'm not talking about what's going to happen in other parts of the country. I'm not, I'm not talking about the overall national housing market. Okay. Because they, they are two separate things. People all the time get them confused. They'll hear that housing starts are down or the prices are down and think that that applies to Tampa Bay and, and it doesn't. Real estate is very local. So there are times where something is happening nationally that isn't applying to Tampa Bay and vice versa. And additionally, we're not in a vacuum. So there are things that change and shift throughout a year where there might be periods of time where the market is really hot and then periods of time where um, it's not as hot and you've got to be aggressive um, you know, if you're, if you're a home seller. So let's talk about this a little bit. Appreciation for Tampa Bay. Last year, we saw about a 4% bump in appreciation. Basically, home values increase. Now, some people could argue, did they really increase or did they just keep up with inflation or or fell short of inflation? I'm not here to debate the economic issues. I'm really here just to tell you about what's happening with real estate stats. So um, home values increased 4% last year in Tampa Bay. What I expect is going to happen this year is we're going to see more of a 6 to 8% appreciation in Tampa Bay in 2024. And the reasons for that, so why I think home values are going to grow a little bit more this year than they did last year, first and foremost, uh, interest rates. Interest rates uh, have started the year. The last few weeks, they've crept up a little bit, but uh, they're still dramatically lower than what they were most of last year. So what happens with interest rates is, is twofold. Number one, it increases the buyer pool, the number of people that can actually qualify, it increases what buyers can qualify for so that more transactions can happen. And it increases the number of sellers that can actually that are actually willing to sell. So it's not going to dramatically increase the inventory in the market, but it will increase it a little bit. And th- that extra inventory will be gobbled up by the demand that exists today. And more transactions will result in um, you know, higher prices. Again, not dramatic. If you go back to 2000, uh, you know, 20, 21, 22, we saw 25 to 30% appreciation those years when interest rates were at record lows. So we're not going back to that, but we are going to see a little bit better appreciation in 2024 than we saw in 23. Another reason why we're going to continue to see appreciation is our population continues to grow. 
If you look at population migration charts for the United States, you see that states like Texas and Florida are really leading the way with population growth. People moving from uh, California, New York, the Northeast, and coming down. That has always happened. Um, we've always seen people move to Florida. You know, we always joke it's Florida, and we, we get so many people moving here from other parts of the country. What we haven't seen before is more people from out west. I drive around Tampa Bay, and and then in, in my practice and in my business, I see this on the regular. Um, we're getting a lot more people from California, for example. You know, you see California license plates. That just never used to happen before unless it was a military move. So now we're seeing more and more um, movement here and less and less people leaving. So in years past, we would see people moving here, but but our population wouldn't grow because we'd see just as many people departing. And now we're just not seeing that phenomenon. So our population continues to grow while interest rates are going to drop. We're also in an election year. Um, and, you know, whether whatever your political belief system is, uh, historically, you can go back and look at you know election years. Real estate markets tend to do a little bit better. Whether you believe the fix is in, whether it's uh, you know some Fed influence to keep rates low, or you know whatever they do to keep gas prices down. Um, election years, the uh, the you know incumbent wants to stay in office, so they do all that they can to make the economy appear and look better. Um, and act in a better way, so so they get a lot more creative because they don't want to lose their job. So um, there's no doubt that in an election year, um, you know there there is typically a um, an improvement in the economy because of a focused effort to try and get votes and stay in office. So um, again, it's it's pretty natural. It's happened on both sides of the fence, and there's no doubt that that's happening this year, and that will help our home values and our real estate market do a little bit better this year than last year. I think one other key element to all of that, um, you know, so we've got population growth, we've got low interest rates, and we also, and so which frees up the market, we've got more sellers coming on the market. I also believe that, um, you know, the, the, just the, 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 all the pub that Tampa is getting, um, you know, it's it's winning sports teams. It's national stuff that happens. It's it's job growth. All of these things lead to you know population growth, but it also leads to an excitement and a comfort level from consumers to buy real estate here and other areas. So all of this positive news and information about Tampa uh, helps people feel a little bit safer about buying real estate here. And of course, from a climate perspective, we had another year without massive. Uh, catastrophic storms in Tampa Bay, which also will will help because what we see happen when we do get really bad storms that hit close uh, areas like Canada and other parts of the country that that get scared about moving here. So there's less of that information that didn't happen this year. Um, so there's less fear about that. Um, it's less you know newsworthy. So again, another reason why our real estate market is going to be better. Now, I want to talk about transactions. So the number of transactions, I believe, will be 10 to 12% higher this year than last year as well. So in addition to appreciation, I think we're going to see more real estate transactions. And, and the simple way that I could explain this, again, you go back to interest rates, so you're increasing the buyer pool. We're seeing mortgage applications jump by more than 10 and 12% across different um, you know, data sectors. So we know that more buyers are saying, hey, look, I want to buy. 
Um, but in addition to that, as interest rates you know correct and get lower this year, most people are predicting that we're going to see them you know kind of decline potentially throughout the whole year. Um, if if we get a five in front of those average interest rates, everyone that's in the fours with their house. Uh, is much more likely to sell instead of staying put. People in the twos and threes, maybe they're they're going to hold on to their houses, but people that bought with interest rates in the fours are much more likely to choose to sell their home and buy another one when they've been kind of staying put. The the interest rates from last year kept a lot of people parked in their house because they didn't want to give up their low interest rate for a high interest rate, so they they've waited it out. As interest rates, you know, are lower, it's going to free up some of those people, which is going to create more transactions both buyers and sellers. It's going to create seller inventory and then it's going to create buyers from the people that sell those homes. And again, we're not losing population, so most of those people are staying local. Um, Of course, we have people moving out of the area, but we have more people coming in than we have moving out. So hopefully that's helpful. But again, if you want to stay up to date on what's going on in Tampa Bay real estate, um, you know, follow us on all of our socials, at The Duncan Duo. And if you want to know what's going on in your specific neighborhood. So again, when I talk about the statistics, um, and I say we're going to see 6 to 8% or we're going to see more transactions. That's across Tampa Bay. Okay, Your neighborhood may be doing better or worse than that. And the way to find that out is go to DuncanDuo.com. You can fill out your address. You get a home value report. It continues to send you this home value report every couple of weeks. You can also request an instant cash offer. You can set an appointment with our team. You can do so many things on that page. Um, and again, that is DuncanDuo.com. Type in your address. And we would love to help you uh, with your real estate needs and help you understand what your value is. The benefit of our website compared to like a Zillow, for example, and I, I met with a client this past week whose home value was off $100,000 from what Zillow said. Um, and this was not a very expensive house. So the, the reality is, is that the human element is lost with some of the online lead aggregators, and and you need that local person that can look at the market and also look at your condition. Our agents, while they certainly are in the business of selling homes, have a customer service element to what we do. So if you fill out the home value report and you want to know, like, you know, you want to provide more information or you think it's wrong or you want us to walk through and give you some tips – we're always willing to do that for free. If you plug in everything at DuncanDuo.com, you can set an appointment with us, and we'll walk through and give you tips and tell you, you know, whether the data is accurate. You know, online uh, home evaluations are never perfect. Even ours is not perfect. It blends a lot of different data, but that's why we add the human element where we're going to reach out to you and we're going to talk to you about, hey, look, here's what the data shows. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe you have an extra bathroom. Maybe your house is bigger than um, than public record shows, or maybe it's more upgraded or has more features. Um, you know, again, uh, AI and technology can't make everything happen in real estate. It's why you got to have the human element. It's why I still have a job. It's why I'm still talking to you today and not a robot. So um, the reality is that uh, maybe someday, you know, I'll have a robot. We'll do, you know, I hope not. But nonetheless, Right now, in today's world, you still need a human element to understand the real market value of a home. So, again, DuncanDuo.com, we'll reach out, we'll give you the report, we'll keep you updated on your value, and we can tweak that value for you as well if we find out more information from you. And when we aren't on air, again, follow us on all of our socials, at the TheDuncanDuo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, um, all of them, at the TheDuncanDuo. And we'll be back continuing our conversation 
after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan with the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty. If you're a real estate agent thinking about a change, you want information about LPT Realty, you or you want to set a career consultation with our team, simply go to jointheduo.com. Again, that is jointheduo.com. We do a career night via Zoom. We do it uh, once a month. Uh, the next one, I believe, is the it's the second Tuesday of every single month. So it's coming up in a few weeks. Again, at jointheduo.com. You can also apply directly for any of our open positions at Join the Duo. We're so excited about LPT Realty. So many innovative things that the company is doing. So much so much growth happening. Uh, and we'd love the opportunity to share that with you. Even if you did not want to work on a team, but you were just curious about LPT, you can set an appointment for a career consultation where we'll talk about the options with you at jointheduo.com. So Empty nesters lead in owning large homes. A decade ago, young families were just as likely as empty nesters to own large homes. Baby boomers own own nearly three in 10 large U.S. homes with three or more bedrooms. That's twice as many as millennials with kids who own just 14.2% of the country's largest homes. According to a new report from Redfin, Gen Zers and kids almost own almost none of them. So an additional 7.5% of the country's large homes are owned by baby boomers with households of three adults or more. Um, I found this interesting because I obviously fit this category. I am, you know, I'm an empty nester, uh, kind of. Um, and what I mean by that is, so my kid went off to college, but then I brought my mom in. So it's like, I'm I'm not completely an empty nester, but but nonetheless, um, you know, the the there's a financial reason for a lot of this. One, we haven't seen income rise as much as people would like it to do. But most boomers who own homes have no mortgages. So for that group, the median monthly cost of owning a home um, is only about $612. So it's harder to find and afford a home because typically the boomers have worked for a long time, saved up money, um, you know, and, and put away money so they can afford a little bit bigger of a home. Even if they downsized, um, they may have a nearly identical monthly payment because their homestead exemptions. They're they've been in property, you know, the properties for a long time, so the ta- the property taxes don't go up as much. And again, they're just much less likely to have a mortgage. So, millennials and Gen Zers, it's harder today to find and afford a home. Again, we've seen prices go up. We've seen interest rates, um, you know, be challenging. So, you know, 2023 was one of the least affordable home buying years on record. It was especially hard for younger Americans who don't have equity from a prior home. So basically the the adage of the, you know, the rich get richer, it's pretty much been supported by what happened in our real estate market. You're also seeing a trend where more and more young Americans don't want to own a home. It's interesting because I had this conversation with my daughter recently, uh, and a recent survey found that 12% of millennials uh, believe they'll never own a home and aren't interested in it. And 7% said they don't plan to buy because they don't want to maintain a home. Um, I think the other element is that, you know, especially for kids that grew up during COVID, the 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 struggle of, you know, living in a home and being kind of stuck there and, and not being able to move around, I think it's changed consumer sentiment where more young people today they want to they want to move around they want to live in different areas they want to travel they want to work remotely the idea of working remotely proved the concept during covid and now people see uh, a younger generation a lot of them see a house as kind of like a, a like a shackle like you know like they're they got handcuffs on to the lifestyle that they really want to live 
uh, in terms of seeing the world. And, and I can understand that. So I think that, um, again, you've just seen consumer sentiment change. Now, do I think those numbers even out a little bit if the if interest rates drop some? Of course. Um, there's no question that more of that will happen if it's affordable. But with it being not as affordable, it's just natural for the boomers to be able to have home, larger homes and have homes with no mortgage. Um, I think it's also a, you know, wealthy people, for example, in Florida, um, your primary homestead residence is a lot more protected from creditors than um, than other assets. So a lot of people that may not really want to own a home, want to park money in an, in an asset that goes up in value that they don't pay as much tax on with the way the tax laws are if they sell it. And then thirdly, it's harder for someone to you know penetrate the asset of a primary residence. Um, so, so nonetheless, that's another reason why that kind of lines up. Because if you look at the average net worth for different generations, there's no doubt that the average net worth of a boomer is going to be higher than that of millennials and Gen Zers. So hopefully that kind of helps explain why you're seeing this trend of more, um, you know, the larger homes continuing to be owned by empty nest baby boomers and a fall off from, you know, young families. I think last but not least, um, people aren't having kids uh, as much. There's more and more people that are having kids later that they're not having them as young. So that's also slowing down the owning of large homes for young families because the you know they're just there aren't as many people having kids and they're not having as many kids. Um, so so hopefully that helps you understand why. Uh, that trend is going on. And if you want to continue to get more real estate knowledge, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We've got some cool giveaways coming. If you're a Lightning fan, um, we know this isn't their best season. You know, they're struggling a little bit, but there's still time for them to turn it on. And if you are a Lightning fan, uh, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo as the official real estate agents of our Bolts. We're always doing cool giveaways with signed memorabilia, free tickets. And coming soon, in April, we're working on now, we will have our annual agent and client appreciation event. This year, we're opening it up not just to uh, all of our past clients, but we want every agent that we've done a transaction with or that has worked with us in the past, we want to come and show appreciation for you too. So if you're a real estate agent, stay tuned. We'll have more information coming soon about our client and agent appreciation event in April. And we'll be back. We'll be back continuing our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market like we are every Sunday at 10 when we aren't on air at the Duncan Duo on all the social channels and DuncanDuo.com for your free home evaluation and get to get an instant cash offer. Again, you can do that at DuncanDuo.com. So I want to talk next. I had an experience this week uh, talking with a client as well as um, – just in my general life. And, you know, it's, it's a quote that I've always used for a long time. Cheap work ain't good and good work ain't cheap. I actually have this in my garage on like a, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a garage metal kind of art piece. Um, and, and it's, and it's interesting because we review this time of year. We, we have a lot of sellers that contact us and say, Hey, I want to sell my house. My house failed to sell. Okay. So what happens so often that when we see this um, in terms of why the home didn't sell? Certainly price is an obstacle. Sometimes the price isn't, isn't right. Sometimes it's overpriced or they're shooting for the moon or, or whatever it is. But cheap work ain't good. Good work ain't cheap. I cannot tell you how many times in my career we have sold real estate for people who skimped. 
They went with the person that would do it the cheapest. Not all realtors are created equal. We all have different marketing budgets. We all expose the property differently. And I always relate it to the consumer because, you know, when we go out, you know, to meet with somebody, um, everyone pays a premium for certain brands. They're willing to pay a premium for Air Jordans. They're willing to pay a premium. Look, I pay a premium for a Ferrari, right? Like you, you pay a premium for your Mercedes, your BMW. Um, no matter what it is, there's something in your life that you're willing to pay a premium for. And if you are someone that has never paid a premium for anything, you buy everything generic. You have generic shoes. You have generic this. You have generic that. You got a, you know, you got an inexpensive cheap car. Please send us a message because I want to meet you and learn from you. You may have frugality tips that I can learn to implement in my life. But in reality, mostly everyone pays a premium for something. However, when they go to sell the most expensive thing that they're ever going to sell, there is this sentiment that they shouldn't pay a premium for that. Hey, let me pay double the price for shoes. Let me pay double the price for my car. But hey, I'm selling the most expensive thing that I'm going to sell. So let me find the cheapest person. And it commonly backfires. I cannot tell you how many people have lost gobs of money by entering into an agreement that will do it with someone that will do it on the cheap. And then that person that does it on the cheap, because they're doing it on the cheap, they don't have a marketing budget. They, they can't, they don't hire a professional photographer. They don't have a database to market the property to. They don't have social media channels. They don't have a way to retarget consumers that look at the listing online. They don't expose it on the main real estate websites, or if they do, they do it, you know, really bad. Um, so all of these things really matter. And so if you're thinking about selling your home and you're trying to look for somebody to do it the cheapest, good work ain't cheap, cheap work ain't good. It's going to backfire on you. Maybe not this time, but if you continue to do real estate transactions and look for the cheapest, it is going to backfire because the cheapest isn't the best. And it's why you drive a Mercedes or a BMW. It's why you live in a really nice house and didn't buy in the cheapest neighborhood. And it's why you pay a premium for things like shoes or purses or food. Okay. If, if, if all that mattered was getting everything in your life, the cheapest, um, certainly, uh, there would be a lot of times where the cheapest is going to fail. It's not going to provide you the results that you expect. You're going to end up with less than satisfactory results, less than fa- satisfactory service. Um, and what that leads to in real estate is leaving money on the table or eating your mortgage payment for longer than you needed to um, or a poor negotiator. And I, and I think of this because it's it's wild to me when people don't put this together. Because if you are hiring someone to sell the most expensive thing that you own and they cannot negotiate their own fee, how can you possibly feel comfortable that their negotiation skills are going to be the thing that protects your hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity. Because when you hire a real estate agent, there's a lot of conversations that go on behind the scenes in that negotiation that you don't ever get a part of. There's a lot of things that happen. And unfortunately, the best aren't the cheapest. And that's just life. But when you hire the cheapest, the results end up backfiring a lot of times. You get a poor negotiator. You, they cut curb. They cut, they cut things on marketing. They decide not to do this. They decide not to do that because they can't afford to because you know, they're not making any profit because they're doing it so cheaply. So they, you know, they do the three P's of real estate. You know what the, the three P's of real estate are, okay? They're going to put it in MLS. They're going to put on a lockbox and they're going to pray. And that's what you get. 
Okay, the three P's of real estate is what you're going to get if you're looking for the cheap real estate agent. And and here's what ends up happening. We end up having these people that went through six, eight, nine months, a year with a real estate agent. And the, 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 the reason the home didn't sell is because they hired the wrong person in the first place. They hired, they hired the cheap. Okay. And then secondly, they um, didn't get properly marketed. They didn't, they didn't get exposed. They didn't get the right advice. They got cheap advice instead of professional advice. And if you want a professional that knows what they're doing, that's going to put more money in your pocket, because that's the thing I always tell people, what matters more to you, what you make or what I make? And if it's what you make, then I'm your guy because I want to drive the price up as high as I can, but I'm going to utilize all these tools and resources to get you more money. If your home has failed to sell, the mistake may very well be on you because you might have hired the wrong person. If they can't market the property, if they don't have a budget because they did it so cheaply that they can't spend any money on marketing, and then thirdly, you hired a poor negotiator that doesn't have systems for follow-up, that doesn't have people to call all the people that look at the house, that doesn't have people that can call and connect with the agents. So, you know, the truth be told, um, you know, I would be very cautious if you if you hire the cheapest real estate agent, and and I would tell you that that's a bad uh, mistake. Again, th- through thousands of home sales, a lot of those home sales are homes that failed to sell with other agents because the seller picked the wrong one. So if you want to pick the right one, just go to DuncanDuo.com, plug in your address. We'll send you an instant cash offer. We'll get you a home value estimate. We'll do whatever you need, and we will reach out. And the thing that's different about our real estate team is that we give you all your options. We say, hey, look, here's what it can sell for traditionally. But if you don't even want to do that, you just want it sold guaranteed, you want out, okay? If that's what you want, we can deliver you an instant cash offer. The question becomes, which matters more to you, money in your pocket or convenience, okay? And if convenience is what matters, you shouldn't go with the cheap person, okay? But but again, if net profit is what matters, stop focusing on what someone charges and focus on what they can deliver in terms of value and how much money they can put in your pocket. I pay for a very expensive CPA. If I went to the cheapest CPA, I probably wouldn't get really good service. I have really expensive cars. If I had cheap cars, they'd probably be broke down all the time. You know, so so you have to think rationally. There's a reason you pay for a premium with a lot of things, but there's this rationale that we're going to, you know, all realtors are created equal and we want to get the cheapest we can. And it backfires so often, especially in a market where it's more challenging. A few years ago, look, yeah, you probably could have gone, you probably could have gone on the cheap and skimped and it might have worked out. Today, that just isn't the case. And there's too many people still doing it. Homes not selling and they're calling us and saying, hey, what do I got to do now? And then we've got to figure out how to remarket and repurpose everything that's done, make that property look new again, and fix the mistakes that you know that that were on with the prior agent. So hopefully that's helpful for you in making your pick. Uh, you know, in the audition of who you're going to select to sell your home, we'd love to apply for the job. And again, you can do that at DuncanDuo.com. So. Um, one other thing that I want to get to, and I think this is, um, you know, this is kind of interesting in the real estate market right now. When you are a real estate buyer, okay, and you're going to look at real estate, when the when the agent on the other side is asking you for some information, um, some of that is their own protection, okay? They're not they're not trying to believe not believe you or trying to tell you you can't afford the home or that they don't trust you, but there have, there have been realtors murdered. Um, you know, realtors have been, you know, murdered 
on home showings because they didn't do their due diligence. And PSA for real estate agents in Florida, you now have a new service for free called Forewarn. If you missed the email and you're a real estate agent, you can message us and we'll send you the details. But Forewarn is a service that allows every real estate agent in the state of Florida to do a mini background check on someone that inquires or asks to be shown a home. The purpose for real estate agents wanting to find out whether you're pre-approved or you know, ask for your driver's license or, or confirm information is because they want to make sure they don't go out and get hacked up in your trunk, okay? Like they want to live, right? Like no home sale is worth their life, okay? They, go, they want to go home to their family, okay? So them asking you questions, if you get defensive about that, you have to understand they're asking to protect their life. It's not about accusing you. It's not about your ego. It's about... Hey, look, they want to help you, but they also want to make sure that, you know, that you're not a crazy psycho serial killer. So real estate agents, make sure you're using Forewarn. If you don't know about it, you can send us a message on any of our socials. We'll send you the details on it. Um, but it's an incredible service that allows real estate agents to screen clients and and make sure that they're not going out and meeting somebody. Uh, however, the other reason why real estate agents might ask for some verifying information is because guess what happens? The reason they want forewarn is to verify the information you've provided to them. If you give them fake information or someone else's name, um, then that makes it a problem. If they ask for your driver's license, they're much more likely to believe that you're you're legitimate and you're not a serial killer. Okay, so when they ask for your license or your pre-approval, the purpose for doing that is because someone has vetted something about you, and the likelihood of you being a criminal or having bad intentions with them is dropped dramatically when you provide the driver's license or a pre-approval letter where someone has run your credit and gone through your financials. So consumers understand that the real estate agent is not trying to accuse you of not being able to afford a home. They're not trying to uh, you know, pry into your personal life. They're trying to go home to their families. So, And real estate agents, again, forewarn, new service, free, paid for by the Florida Association of Realtors, really, really helpful so that you can know who you're going out and meeting with when they're giving you uh, very little information. Going to continue the conversation after our break. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials, at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, always doing cool lightning giveaways and putting out relevant real estate information, again, at The Duncan Duo. And we'll be back wrapping up the show with our last segment after a quick break here on WFLA. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I talked about my predictions for the real estate market in uh, 2024 in the first segment. I talked about home seller tips um, and also uh, some real estate agent tips and some security tips. And then I talked about cheap work ain't good and good work ain't cheap. So what I want to talk about next is buyers offering below the asking price. Look, can you get homes below asking price? Of course. Does it does it happen all the time? Of course. There's also homes that go above the asking price. The average price difference in Tampa, Florida last year, it was 98% list to sell price ratio. So 2% below, uh, in fact, 2.4% below asking. Um, the total homes sold in Tampa was 4,000. There were 12.8% of the homes sold above the asking price. So of course, there are more homes selling below asking price than there are above. Um, but just so you know, a few percentage points is kind of the norm. So if you are someone that says, hey, I wanna buy a house uh, you know, 10% below asking, here's what I want you to understand. 
And this has happened to me numerous times. I've worked with clients and they say, hey, I want to buy a house 10% below asking price. If that is your goal, it is a flawed goal. And let me explain why. What you're going to end up getting if you buy, if you want to buy a home 10% below asking price is number one, a home that's got some flaws that no one else wanted to buy. But number two, likely a home that's overpriced. Because today's market, with all the data that's out there, homes are being priced more appropriately and more accurately because all the data that's available. But your your logic of saying, I want to buy a house below asking is flawed because it assumes that asking is accurate. So I had a client many, many years ago uh, buying a $550,000 house. Okay, They wanted it 10% below asking. They offered 500 and got it. It appraised for 500. They did not get a deal because their math and and ideology was wrong. If you want to get a discount, you should get the discount off of value, not off of asking price, because otherwise you're assuming the asking price is accurate. But buyers today thinking that they're going to get massive discounts when interest rates have dropped a little bit, that they're going to get massive discounts on uh, homes today, it just isn't accurate. Now, can you occasionally find a home that you can get below asking? Yes. However, again, it's very likely that the home is overpriced if you are if you're seeing that. So, um, you know, the reality is is that if a home's overpriced, of course you're going to get it a little bit more under asking because they priced it too high. But looking at some other markets in Florida, while ours was two percent, West Palm, Naples, four uh, percent under asking were the norm. Panama City. Punta Gorda, 3.5. So there are Miami, 3.57. So there are markets in Florida where homes are selling a little bit lower, but because of the demand of Tampa and where our prices are, we continue to see homes selling for pretty close to asking price. 98% of asking prices is the norm. So if you're going way below that, you better have really strong terms like cash, quick closing, all all these things, Um, or you may very well be overpaying for a house that's just simply overpriced and you think you're getting a deal. So make sure you're working with a real estate agent that can really help you understand market value in a home. Make sure they're doing the data and the research so you're not just overpaying and thinking you're getting a good deal. Because the reality is, oftentimes, if you think you got a great deal because you got it way below asking, you really didn't get that much of a deal. So, But um, but nonetheless, of those uh, 50 cities, there are a good amount of them in Florida that had the most homes sell under asking. Um, you know, so again, it is possible. Can we see it in Tampa? Yes. Is it the norm? No. So be prepared to pay pretty close to asking price, maybe slightly below. And in some instances, when a property is in very high demand, please be prepared to pay above the asking price. It is not uncommon to see. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. If you want to get my real estate market predictions and updates. We shot a video. Uh, We'll have it out on our social media. We'll have it on YouTube. We'll have it on our Instagram channel as well about my predictions for what's going to happen in Tampa Bay. If you want the predictions for what's going to happen to your specific home, you want to know what the market is planning for your home, what the likely appreciation is going to be, what your value is going to be, go to DuncanDuo.com and plug in your address. You'll get a, a report and you'll get that same report every couple of weeks to show you what's happening. And also, based on all the data, what the predictions are for what's likely going to happen with your home's value. So, again, you can do that at DuncanDuo.com. We'll also reach out to you to verify the value report, get your feedback, uh, make any adjustments and tweaks. Because oftentimes, it's, it's, it's again, it's data. It's not foolproof. Sometimes the information on public records for your house isn't accurate. Sometimes you've made improvements that aren't shown in the data. 
And those are things that we want to confirm so we can get you the most accurate value possible at DuncanDuo.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you're a real estate agent thinking about a career change, join the duo.com. Again, that is join the duo.com and have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.